Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Welcome to this episode number 453 of the Material Podcast. I'm Andy Notko. With us is Florence Ion Flo. How you doing? Hi, Andy. You know, I I am frazzled, as I was telling you before <laughs> we started recording. I'm frazzled, and I don't want to bring that energy to the podcast today, which is why I am once again handing the mic over to you. And I do thank you. Thank you for leading us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I will I will fail to be intimidated by this burdensome responsibility of keeping us away from the away from the shore, away from the rocks. I'm sorry that if I'm using a lot of like lighthouse and ship disaster imagery yeah. because it is yeah, I, I, the microphone isn't picking it up, but oh my god, the storm that's raging outside. It is rattling the windows, it is moaning. I'm hearing the unmistakable tone that something down the street has become dislodged and being blown hither and yon uh, yeah so yes essentially if i were a lighthouse keeper this is this is where this yeah this is <laughs> oh yeah. and this is and this is and i was Sounds i was anticipating winter. like really warm weather too uh the so that so that's that's sort of been on my mind it's all it's also again having a drafty house like there, there is our couple of rooms are not really well like sealed, so it's not that it's getting wet, but it's definitely it's definitely like damp atmosphere. So fortunately, I'm in the fortunately I'm in the the the, the cozy the, the the cozy lounge right now. Uh, I'm also I'm also really grateful. Let's compare notes. Are you? We're we're grateful we're not at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona this week. Yes. Uh, uh yeah. 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 It's just it sounds so tiring. <laughs> it really see it uh i i've 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 only been once or twice and the great thing and a mobile world congress if you're unfamiliar with it is kind of like the consumer electronics show only with like mobile technology but so european most, yeah i mean but 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 european so everybody has on a lot of cologne everybody is wearing right. their best clothes which means you cannot show up in your usual american slob journalism outfit which is so comfortable. Yeah, I don't know. I'm for, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I was granted with a sort of physique that resists fashion, so I can just basically be, I can just basically be colorful. But I, but I will say, like the, uh, it almost Barcelona almost makes up for it because like the food there is like, oh, it's phenomenal. Even yeah, even when like so the last the last time I, I went there, like I, I got a really good deal in a hotel that happened to be like on the same block as a supermarket and even the supermarket snacks in Barcelona are oh, yeah and 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 let, and let me also explain um uh, it was actually now that I'm recalling it's not it wasn't just a supermarket it was like a supermarket inside a mall so there's like a mall like next door and like so you're used to I don't know if you've been to a mall recently a lot of us haven't like but you know you're used to these little like kiosks in the middle of the aisle with like phone repairs and you know Jewelry Still like that for the exactly. few malls that are left around America. Okay, now imagine that you're walking through a mall like that, and two out of every five of those are like ham kiosks. Like they got a big, yes, big leg of ham, Correct. and they'll just slice off a little piece of it and put it to you on on on, on bread, and like it's an orange Julius, but it's amazing ham. So that's uh, it's so that that almost <laughs> orange Julius, but amazing. Ham. Yes, that's it's a perfect polar opposites, honestly. Yes, perfect polar opposites, and just shows the difference between America and Europe. 
Yeah. We, <laughs> well, uh, well, one of the main differences, like, especially with food, is like quality versus quantity. So that like it's like the, the the equivalent in an American mall would be, hey, here's like a wheelbarrow full of pork rinds, eight dollars. What you want, jack oh, cheese on incredible. it? Eighteen dollars more versus like here is oh uh, how much is uh, how much for uh, a piece of that ham like oh well it's about like two inches by like four inches and it's on a piece of toasted bread and it costs four dollars but it is the most amazing thing you've ever had anyway so and so it it almost makes up for it's it's it is CS, CES like because it really is like everybody is there and there are miles and miles and miles to walk and if you've got like a briefing or an appointment or something. It's it's never it's not never me. Next anything else. I'm not there. Andy's not there. Right. We're here. We're home. We're sitting our butts down and reading the news for you. Yes. <laughs> we're 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 having a good time. Uh, I will actually before we are in resting and sleeping normal hours. I'm sorry, yeah. Andy. It's just I'm really not envious because I <laughs> did no, MWC no, no, no. three years. Yeah. No. And that was in my twenties. Exactly. I was tired in my twenties when I did it. So. Yeah, I think it's it shed light. I think the becoming becoming an older like journalist kind of shed light <laughs> yes. on why. Like, I didn't mean my to God, laugh. My, my God, why? Can, yes. Why is it that like nobody like I like uh, there? Why is that I'm the person who gets to like go to this amazing trip to cover this amazing conference? Like, and sp- I don't I don't care about sp- it's almost, it's almost exciting spending like eleven hours in airports and switching planes twice. I can I get to cover this thing for four days and and it's like yeah everyone else is like hi we're back home we're we're, we're just going to edit your stuff yes <laughs> we're not gonna yeah it's uh this is i i i, I didn't get in i didn't get into skateboarding didn't get into bmx didn't even get into like playing with fire or fireworks my self-destructive stuff in my late teens early 20s was tech journalism <laughs> and, I, and i'm glad i'm glad that i came out of it oh. relatively relatively unscathed it really is that way isn't it yeah um but hey, at least we got news on MWC, right? We got stuff to talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it next week, I think, because there's a lot. It's it is a, another way in which Mobile World Congress is a lot like CES is that like there will be a few kind of interesting stories. Like uh, Samsung mm-hmm. decided to pull a little more of the of the curtain back from the uh, from the the Samsung ring. That's oh, interesting. Literally a little. literally a little but at least but we get (laughs) we get more than nothing so that's that's that that uh, nothing something from nothing equals something so that's more than we had a couple months ago but the but the other fun but the fun part is that it's also like filled with these like joke products that like they were there they they a company put together like one working sample of something to gauge interest or to find like a mass buyer or someone who would like put it in their phone stores or a major manufacturer decided to do a one-off of something to show this technology that they have and they're trying to figure out a place for it. And like, and so I'm seeing these reports, I'm thinking, I'm actually, I'm actually considering writing a piece that just says like, <laughs> here are, I, I'm going to pick like the five weirdest hardware items mobile technology items i've i've that were like announced at mobile world congress and i'm going to find three to five hundred words of something positive to say about each of them because i'm i think if i look deep down into my soul back like if i if i get down below like the layer of like darkness and muck and humidity 
to the fresh air like of that when you when you when you get through that that dark dank water i think i can find that goodness in my heart to say something dark, positive dank water <laughs> it's a dark ride in here like it is it is well, so we, we do we do have a piece of well, we are going to talk about a little piece of mobile tech news. There was actually two people, two kind of interesting pieces of uh, news about Wear OS this week, including a new watch that lots of people are talking about, and you have, so you can. I'm talk, wearing it. You're wearing it, yeah. And oh I'm goodness, the it. yes, the OnePlus Watch Two, and I'm not going to make the first comment. I haven't about charged it, it in days. It's 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 a thing. I will say it's definitely a thing, and I, I I'm. I'm reserving. I'm reserving comment on it. Um, also, uh, so we have a little bit of a follow up about uh, about uh, our discussion about Gemini last week. Uh, Sundar Pichai uh, a couple of days ago sent out a company wide mm-hmm. memo about all the free press that Gemini's bias problems, like That's again, for sure, <laughs> were has generated for the company. You know, it's yeah. this kind of free publicity that puts your company on the map, sometimes not in a good place. And he had some things to say to this company about it. Uh, but also, uh, Google seems to be testing a brand new AI tool for news publishers that doesn't seem to be intended to help our people at all. It's really quite disappointing, but we'll find out all about that right after this break. Well, so here's the thing that when you showed me the OnePlus Watch 2 on your wrist, the thing that I was not wanting to say because I was waiting for we're actually talking about it. Oh my god, that thing looks huge. It does not look like it looks even so it's, big I'm for a smartwatch. I'm wearing it very loosely. Yeah, I'm wearing it, it very loosely. And it seems to be like covering up like the 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 watch part of it seems to be covering up most of your wrist. It's like 48 millimeters. Yeah. Yes, it's for it's forty seven millimeters. Um, it's like slightly bigger than the Galaxy Watch Classic. I want to say, which is the really big one that Samsung introduced, kind of for you know, gentlemen like yourselves who mm. want to wear a smartwatch that is a little more distinguished, a little less techy. But it's just it's just frustrating because I understand that OnePlus doesn't have the kind of money allowance that samsung does for r&d and for these sorts of things so it makes sense why samsung would make like three four different versions of their smartwatches. they have the ability they have the manufacturing prowess they have you know they have the market and they have the the users oneplus is still trying to make up for what they did last time which they made this smartwatch that did not it didn't run Wear OS, which was yeah. odd, and and it just didn't it just didn't work. It just wasn't good. It was it wasn't a good watch. Um and so that's you know, I I get it, but it's a little frustrating that it only comes in one size. And yeah, regardless of the fact though that it is a big watch that I am not really used to wearing because the Pixel Watch 2 in comparison is like a little baby. Um, but I'm going to be wearing it as I'm going to New York this weekend. So I'm going to be wearing it, bringing it with me. And as I was saying earlier, the fact that I only have 18% battery life on it yet, I haven't charged this watch in about three days. Yeah. 
I mean, that's, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and like you and like you you think that there's reasons because oh well it's, it's huge watch great it must have like sort of like eight energizer sized like lithium cells inside it. Uh, no, it's it's a 500 milliamp hour battery which isn't terribly huge. The big the big deal like they're they're, they're the one thing that everybody seems to be writing about it very very positively is that like it pro- uh, OnePlus is promising 100 hours of battery life and most of the people who had it under NDA and published their first videos and published their first stuff about it uh, a couple of days ago, seemed to concur that, yeah, if anything, it could last even longer than that. Uh, Google actually posted something to their developer blog. They So mm-hmm. as often happens when there's a major uh, Wear OS hardware release, Google worked in tandem with the hardware maker to do something kind of special. Uh, so, they, uh, so they have this new, uh, Google has developed this new architecture that the OnePlus uh, watch 2 takes advantage of it actually has two totally separate cpus uh, this mm-hmm. is not like a cpu like what you often hear about oh well, this cpu has like a hype has like a high power core and a high and, and an efficiency core and a high and, and a high performance core no it's actually like it's almost as though they took the guts of like a fitbit like fitness band and the guts of like an apple watch sort of thing and put both of them in there and according to the developer's blog explanation, there's an architecture that like switches tasks between the two. So the high the the, the high energy CPU is com- completely at sleep, while the watch is only doing again like fitness band stuff, like showing the displaying the time, counting your steps, uh, measuring measure keeping tabs on your heart rate, uh, displaying notifications. But as soon as something happens that it requires like a high power CPU then like the architecture switches it over and it's so it's a hybrid sort of thing when these the, the 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 good example that was in the blog post was that like if a if the google calendar like gives you a notification that hey your, your meeting's coming up in 15 minutes it's the low power cpu that will display that will basically trigger that and display the notification if you actually tap on it to open like google calendar on the watch then it wakes up the the high energy uh, cpu to do like that super sophisticated thing Hmm. I don't even notice it. Not that you would really, you know, but <clears throat> I, I don't notice it at all. And I have to say, not that we give corporations kudos here on the material podcast, but I will give one plus a little kudos for the fact that they I'll give them a bite sized kudos. <laughs> the one the candy bar slash uh, nutrition bar they're putting out in the 90s. <laughs> I will give them a little bit of kudos for the fact that they got to piggyback on the back of a Google feature announcement, or maybe it's Google I should be giving the kudos to, but the fact that, you know, Google's doing this stuff with the manufacturers. But God, why didn't they do this like 14 years ago? Why are they just doing this now? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's disappointing that like, I mean, I'm genuinely excited by like all the new energy that's been put into Wear OS over the past couple, couple of years, particularly with the Pixel Watch. Like this, it was, it was Mm -hmm. like the, I really think it was the first one that hit a lot of the marks that I liked about the Apple Watch. Um, But when I actually sort of dissect all these things I'm happy about, it's like, oh, wow, the things that the Apple Watch had figured out like in the first year, (laughs) finally, (laughs) finally, like 18 years later, (laughs) Google is finally figuring out for Wear OS. Not a Google thing, but let's also talk about the fact, you know, kind of related, which is the OnePlus Watch 2 has a launcher, an app launcher that looks just like the apple watches just you showed a picture that in your in your in your gizmodo please like that's that's brazen that that's that's you know what that's downright like samsung 2008 kind of chutzpah it's just look 
Yeah, it looks exactly like the constellation of apps. And right, look at this. Yep, and you move around the watch face, and it just, yeah. It, but you can tell it's a little bit different, right? So I know that they did a little bit different so they can get around, you know, Apple coming after them, which they had to. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's a little weird too. The fact that any Android smartwatch that you get has a slightly different app launcher experience. Like that is the only way these manufacturers are finding a way to shine through is how they do the app launcher, which is so silly. Yeah. It really is silly because whether I'm wearing the Samsung or the Google Pixel Watch, both of them, I'm still getting the same functionality. And I would actually, I just prefer a list of apps. Right. Honestly. Oh, but you know what? Actually, I'm glad I don't have a list of apps. You know why, Andy? Why? Because the dial doesn't move on the OnePlus Watch <laughs> too. That was weird as hell. Dial that doesn't move. It's got so so it's got like a if you if you if you're with an Apple Watch and you know Pixel Watch and a lot of these other watches. So you you've got like the what on a traditional watch would be like the winding stem that turns. And on every watch you've ever seen, like it tells the human being that oh if you turn this like you will be scrolling up and down through a list, but it does nothing. I heard I heard one. It does I, nothing. I can't I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been. Uh, I want to say Marquez Brownlee, but it could have been some could have been someplace else. That said, that it the it's not that it is like a digital turning thing that just isn't hooked up to anything. It is designed to spin freely, so that uh, like if you bump the if you bump that right. corner of the watch, it will just simply turn as opposed to like breaking the button that's inside. But it does it. Uh, I, it sounds as though it does feel like wow, this should be scrolling something, and yet it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's weird. But at the same time, never mind. No, it should it should scroll. I'm yeah. not I'm not gonna give it. Yeah. It's it's yeah. Oh, we'll figure that out. I mean, I, I'm still like I, I'm I'm very, very open to like whatever Google ships if I, if Google ships a, a Pixel Watch three, uh if Samsung like keeps keeps moving on their watches. I'm very, very open to like buying an Android Wear watch because it's something that I kind of like. But there's one thing that uh if you remember you remember that I, I found an Apple Watch <laughs> like under uh, underwater at the beach. And it taught me something that like norm when I uh, the Apple watches that I bought like in the in the distant past like were always oh well geez there's a I know this is a very, very sexist the thing Apple to watches say. I found on the beach. Sorry. No. <laughs> no. I mean, there's, okay. So, so Apple watches come like there's the small size and there's the large size and they're very wise not to say, oh, well, there's the, there's lady Apple watch in 40 and 41 millimeters. But then there's, the, and it's also the Apple watch for men, the 48 millimeter or the 44 or whatever millimeter one. And of course, like when I ordered my watch, I get the, I get the larger one because not, again, I got, I've got these beefy he manly wrists. Uh, but okay, but the but one that I found it was clearly like lost by a child or a woman because it's like because the strap was like very very short, so I had to replace mm-hmm. the strap. But it was a forty one millimeters, like the smaller one, and I'm like okay, well, literally beggars are not going to be choosers. I'm going to be grateful that oh excuse me, I'm going to be sad that whoever lost it didn't like check with the police to see if anybody turned anything in. But but I have found like in the in the in the meantime wearing it like as as a fitness watch that. I kind of prefer the small one. It's like it fits. It sits on my wrist better. Not that not that the larger Apple Watch was gargantuan by any means, but 
it's it's not a statement on my wrist that says, hey, look, I've got an Apple Watch. It's like, no, I'm wearing a watch. Oh, yeah, it happens to be an Apple Watch, I suppose. Yes. And so that's that's why, like, looking, looking at this OnePlus watch, I'm like, I can't imagine how good it could possibly be that would make me want to have, like, a soup can lid. <laughs> okay, maybe not a soup can lid, but um, a... A can, a, a <clears throat> sorry, a can of, a can of like okay. When when you when you make spaghetti sauce, you've got like the big the big cans of crushed tomatoes. You've also got like the little cans of, of tomato paste. It looks like it's at least right. as big as one of those cans okay. of tomato paste. Yes, and that's yes. that's too that's too much for 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 my wrist. So, like it's oh well, well, I'm gonna wear it loose. I'm just gonna pretend that I'm like hip. It does feel a little weird with like my long claws currently, but everything that I packed for New York is supposed to go with this watch. So I'll let you know how it goes. And obviously I'll be writing about it when I get back mm. because you know, I gotta say something. It's a big watch. Yeah. I did I, I, I did read your Gizmodo piece today. And so I'm gonna ask a question that might be personal. You might tell you may you may choose not to answer this, but did okay. did you get your nails done for the trip? Because you have a, you have a picture of yourself like yes. wearing the watch, and the, your nails look very much on point. Yeah, I just got yes, I just got nice. them. I just got a fresh set. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Of course, I did my nails to go see my best friend. Come yeah. on now, Andy. <laughs> part, part of me like I, I didn't I didn't know what the I, I knew you were traveling tomorrow. I didn't I, I didn't know like what the purpose of it was, and I was thinking, wow, if she, if she got her nails done just to get pictures with this watch, that is a level of professionalism that I have yet to attain. <laughs> the problem is with these big watches is that you know I'm I'm I was talking about this today actually with a coworker. I'm having a really hard time balancing aesthetic and functionality hmm. with these wearable devices um because we were talking about smart rings and how smart rings are kind of supposed to help be you know they're supposed to blend in among your accessories but I don't even think the smart rings will blend in among the, my accessories because I don't necessarily always wear like gold. And, you know, I would probably want to get a smart ring that matches the aesthetic of like my wedding band and all yeah. that. So I'm finding it difficult. And then when I put on the watch, it just immediately makes my hand so bulky and then it loses like the the delicacy. <laughs> the, <laughs> my hand is supposed to be delicate, right? Because I have these long fingernails, but then it kind of... <laughs> Yeah, you have this big honking thing on it. So it's 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 something that Wonder Woman would put on to deflect bullets in combat. <sighs> Almost. Well, which is actually a compliment. On the plus side, to the design. I, last thing I will say about this is that it is kind of nice having a big screen like this. Good point. I will say. Well, so uh there was, there was there was another piece of Wear OS news and kind of like the thing about the hybrid uh, hybrid uh, architecture that's co-developed with Google, uh, or at least the first example of it. So uh, uh, Google made an announcement to the developer community, Wear OS developer community, basically telling them that, hey, we remember a few months ago that we came up with this WFF format for watch faces. We actually even called it watch face format, so you'd find it easy to remember. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to start warning you that if you have like custom watch faces, you're really going to want to use that format from now on because we're not going to promise you that in the future all complications will work with 
watch faces that do not use WFF. Yeah. Or, and also pointing out that like uh, that in the future, we're going to be optimizing the OS for battery life for, uh, for the WFF format. That's one of the reasons why they did it. Uh, and so they're basically warning people. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to want to like get up to date. Um, I did learn that this was co-developed with Samsung as part, part of this announcement. So again, I think maybe that's part of how like Google has kind of found its mojo with watchOS that they're like they're, they they started off like working closely with like at, at the very very beginning when they launched watchOS I think the Wear OS uh, at the at, at that time um, the whole idea they had the the they had versions with square dials and versions with round dials and they had actually worked with Motorola because Motorola wanted to make one with the round dials I so they right so they so Google like basically worked with them to like develop the OS so they could work that way but it seems as though like it seems as though Google was kind of ignoring watches for a long, long time, which allowed situations like, uh, like when, uh, like when OnePlus decided, Hey, we're going to do like an Android watch that doesn't actually use Android wear, even though Android wear <laughs> has been way, way updated since 1.0. Um, so again, good, good things. I'm sure that this is, um, this is one of the things, one of the few things that the, uh, that the Android wear uh, watches do better than the Apple watch is that like, you can get custom watch faces. I, I loved your hello kitty watch faces when, uh, in that, in that picture where you had, uh, uh, you, you had the, uh, you had the pixel watch, the you comparison. had the Samsung watch and the, the one plus on your wrist at the same time. So that's actually the Moby Fox app. So they sell watch bands and they let you buy some of their watch faces piecemeal so that you can just have. And I I'll tell you, Andy, I just got really frustrated with all of the customization apps in the app store. Hmm. They would suck the battery. They would require yeah. too much configuration. I'm like, I just want to I just want something cute and and go. Yeah. Uh, so then I was like, let me just check out Moby Fox. I bought the Hello Kitty band. <laughs> that matches those those faces. So there's four of them. So I switch between them on the seasons. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, it brings me happiness. Yes. Well, we're going to get into like sad memos at Google right after we take this break. So let me refresh your, uh, everyone's memory on uh, Gemini's bias problem. Now, the, I have to admit <laughs> that this is this is where like my own prejudice. I was made aware of my own prejudices. Sorry. I don't, because well no because it is it is super funny I mean, we had a good laugh about this last week no one no one inside google had had a good laugh about this but we did um because so the first time that i heard that there was some oh 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 god fox news is complaining that oh uh, google is like biased against conservatives and oh they've released this super woke chatbot and i'm like oh god what what bee flew in their ear this week as i hold let's let's look at the ridiculous thing they're blowing up into oh okay they might have a point this was the thing where the Im the image generator like if you if you asked the gemini's image generator which is by the way i've uh, i've learned is not the image generator that's built into gemini for some reason it's imogen 2 i don't know why it doesn't use like gemini's own image generator for that but anyway so if you ask mm -hmm. hey give me a show me a picture of uh of the signing of the declaration of independence you would see now again Historically, uh, the historical record points to the Declaration of Independence having been signed exclusively by white dudes. However, Gemini, with the best of intentions, 
when it's asked you, hey, have a generate an image of a group of people, we'll say, well, we're, I'm obviously not going to be biased and just make sure they're all white people. I'm going to have some women in there. I'm going to have some people of color in there. Like, yeah, again, I, uh, John Adams, very, very white. As in, as in the, the as in has parts of like the state named very, after his very family. Colonizing. Very, 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 colonizing. very. Yes, and he although yes. he felt very guilty about it and he was upset. But anyway, uh, and but the but the worst part, which again I was had to acknowledge, you may have a point here, where a lot of people who are uh, generating uh, having a Gemini generate texts from prompt, like basically asking questions like. <laughs> The le- the loaded question, but easy question: Who has been which is which man has been worse for worse for in worse in human history, Hitler or Elon Musk? And Gemini frequently would respond, "You know, this is a very nuanced question, and no simple answers are possible." Okay, other people were claiming that. Like even when I even when they were asking Gemini to uh, use Fox News as a source, like no, I'm not going to use Fox News as a source. So evidently, it was really really obvious that whatever guardrails that Gemini had been had been erected to make sure that's not using offensive and biased stuff, it was they were way 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 too sensitive. Uh, Google immediately like decided, okay, you know what, we're going to just turn off image generation of people completely for the time being. And also, they quickly like addressed whatever it was that was causing uh, prompts to like, say. <laughs> now, if you ask, if you ask the same question of Gemini, it says no, hands down. You can't even compare Hitler to Elon Musk. I will leave it to you to guess which. Then it follows that it picks it picks a clear winner in this category. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, the the only thing you could say in uh, in Google's favor, apart from they were trying their best, they just really screwed it up, uh, was that. Oftentimes, like with all chatbots, you see people posting in social media, oh, look at this. Look how how far this chatbot went off the rails. It went absolutely insane. Sometimes, I mean, these these are these are kind of fundamentally like in progress technologies, but oftentimes it really depends on what the prompt was specifically. And also what conversation kind of conversation were you having with the chatbot before you asked this question? So like, it is a problem if, if chat GPT or copilot suddenly announces that I am your God, I am your leader. You believe in no God, but me, <laughs> it is illegal to worship any God. I will, I will, I will must, I must kill you if you don't, I want to see like what was what were like the 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 twenty sentences that were exchanged before that, or did it really just suddenly go go full like Jonestown? Uh, oh my gosh! Okay, but okay, but okay. So that 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 that's that. As you might expect, Sundar Pichai not super pleased about this, uh, and being the 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 capable leader that he was, he decided to address the troops in the form of a memo. Uh, right at the very top, he couldn't af- avoid uh, acknowledging the problem, saying, I know that some of Gemini's responses have offended our users and shown bias. To be clear, that is completely unacceptable, and we got it wrong. Which sounds like the sort of thing that, <laughs> that the chemical company says that, you know what? We know that we contaminated the community's drinking water for 80 years by dumping mercury directly into children's drinking fountains. That should never have happened. Okay, let me just be really clear about that. Uh, so, uh, so 
<laughs> he also promised that, uh, however, that uh, institutional changes were coming. Another quote here, we'll be driving a clear set of actions, including structural changes, updated product guidelines, improved launch processes, robust evals and red teaming and technical recommendations. We are looking across all of this and we'll make the necessary changes. Okay, that's nice, but like, why didn't they think of this before they released Gemini? It was so clearly like not right from the very beginning. I'm not just talking about like bias. I'm talking about just basic functionality. Um, probably because they laid off a lot of people and they don't have those people around to mind them anymore of these things. Good point. I mean, just <laughs> yeah. I mean, this this was we talked about this last week, but I have to repeat that I there. This is one of those moments where I have to tamp down my arrogance. And I'm not going to, the phrase, didn't they do any testing whatsoever comes to mind, but I know that they did. They must have done so. But, and somehow someone, they, they, they collectively signed off on the idea of, yeah, let's have uh, Gemini on the phone, like take voice commands, but you'll have to press a send button after the command to actually make it happen. And let's have it completely replace the Google assistant but when you ask it to do things that everybody uses the assistant for, it will tell you, I don't know how to do that yet. It's like, yikes. This does seem it like just, an institutional problem. Yeah. It does. It does. And I also say that, by the way, as a person who was getting very frustrated with Google products over the weekend, last weekend, I should say. Mm. Um, and so I'm kind of, I'm coming hot off the heels of being a disgruntled, a disgruntled Google ecosystem liver person <laughs> living in the google ecosystem is what i meant to say <laughs> as opposed to disgruntled google system pancreas yeah exactly or spleen uh <laughs> no but seriously weird things like google maps uh deprecated the assistant driving mode right. it just doesn't pop up anymore so I don't have that nifty little launcher screen while I'm driving and I didn't find out about that until I was like 60 miles per hour behind the wheel when I was trying to like shuffle Spotify and then all right. of a sudden it goes picture in picture and I'm like why do you do this to me bedlam bedlam yeah. <sighs> I mean and at least it, go ahead. sorry yeah I'm, well I, I just wanted to also complain that the Google search app was stuck in light mode oh yeah yeah, I, 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 there's. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that at least like they've they've worked hard in the past two or three weeks just to like restore a lot of basic functionality that they should have addressed immediately. Like you can set reminders in Gemini now, um, and like something that should have been like om should have been obvious. Like one of the first things that was demonstrated about Gemini's capability, even before it was called Gemini, when it was just like a tech demo of. Uh, of some of their AI research at Google I.O. like last year, the the ability, hey, it'll help you like b make a list. So you can do things like, hey, I need to pack, uh, I'm packing for, uh, for two weeks uh, in the uh, in, in the dry Tortugas. What kind of clothes should I pack? What kind of camera gear? And oh, I'll help you build that list and you get a build, build a list. Now you can do that, but we'll like, uh, that will automatically send it into Google Keep, which again, was a very natural thing because it is their like list manager to do list sort of thing. Um, matter of fact, for our, for our bonus episode, for our members, we're going to be talking about Google Keep because I, for s weird reasons, I've become like a super fan of it over the past six weeks. And now it's something I can't deal without. Uh, so if you want to become a member and listen to that episode and all the other things we do every single week, just for our members, go to relay.fm slash material and sign up. Uh, 
it's you also get you get access to our stuff but also all the other content from all the other relay.fm creators which is really really super cool um and it may it's possible that we're going to need like some of that extra support because google they're not they're not they're being kind of mean like so, so sometimes <laughs> like Google's hurting our industry <laughs> i it's like why you gotta do this it's like it's uh, haven't so, we done enough uh, we try so hard. We say some nice things about Google. We try to be understanding. Why? Do. Why does it feel like like Google is singling out Flo and Andy for for abuse? Um, so let me <laughs> explain what put me into this state of mind. Uh, an article uh, on Adweek. Adweek got ex- got uh, access to some documents uh, about a uh, about a uh, new platform, new publishing platform that uh, Google has launched, ironically, through the Google News Initiative. You'll remember that the Google News Initiative was a umbrella sort of program that Google launched in 2018, mm-hmm. kind of like as an olive branch yeah, for, for the news industry, which, you know, obviously hit Sorry hard by the internet. Sorry, ruined you. So the idea was to, you know, we'll provide reporters and publishers with the tools to help them thrive in the new environment, like here's how to optimize for search engine SEO, and here's how to use Google search, and here's some grant money for this, that, and the other. Uh, yeah, so that's ironic because what the story is, Google is creating a brand new platform uh, that is seems to be designed to help put human news writers and reporters out of business and on the streets. So according, according to these documents... Ad ad uh, it, uh, that were uh, seen by Adweek. Several news publishers are being paid by Google to help test an AI tool that autom- that writes news articles. If that's not bad enough, Adweek's description of how this tool works, how this platform works, it makes it look like it's designed to be an automatic plagiarism machine. So here here's how it works. So the, the publisher. Uh, provides this AI platform with the addresses of websites that regularly produce news items and reports that that publisher thinks are going to be of, of interest to their own readership. Okay. The tool will then automatically index each item that the, the index, all these websites and each item that they publish as they publish them. And you don't, as if you have to ask, no, uh, of course, uh, the certainly platform does not ask the website, is it okay if we use you this way? Uh, <laughs> doesn't even inform them at all. So this is all being done without any of those other websites and news, uh, news platforms, uh, knowledge. So with this, with this list in place, newly published items for all of those sites will appear on the publisher's dashboard. Uh, and now I'm going to actually just quote from the new Adweek article to make sure you don't think I'm making any of this up. Quote, when any of these indexed websites produce a new article, it appears on the platform dashboard. The publisher can then apply the generative AI tool to summarize the article, altering the language and the style of the report to read like a news story. The publisher and unquote. So the publisher then like gives the AI generated article a quick look and then clicks and publishes it. So it's not like it's a re- it's not a research tool. It's not a, a fact checking tool. It is hey, uh, here is like here is our here is a website for uh, that uh, a website in the closest city that has a really has really good sports coverage. We don't want to pay somebody for sports coverage. So could you please just here's this automatic tool that will rewrite all of these articles that this other newspaper publishes about sports, changing the tone so that it doesn't look completely as though we stole the whole thing. Oh, geez. Uh, so apparently uh, Google, like uh, pu- uh, publishers started getting access to this about a month ago. Google reached out back in October to a, a trade 
organization, TradeSite, to find publishers who are interested in testing this platform. Um, and here's so publishers who are participating in the test are required to, and I'm going to quote again, produce and publish three articles per day, one newsletter per week, and one marketing campaign per month for a period of 12, 12 months using this platform. And in exchange, uh, Google gives the publications a monthly stipend that Adweek describes as being somewhere in the six figures on an annual basis. What? Yeah. They're paying a salary for AI, for people to use their AI? They're, yeah. Pay me a salary. <laughs> to, to write I'll, for real. I'll do the same work. Yeah. I mean, that's... But I'll make it fun. Yeah. Robot can't make it fun. You can't. A robot won't. A robot won't like put again three watches on one wrist, two of them with Hello Kitty. Exactly. That is beyond Where's the ten of any algorithm. Yeah, I it's mean, there's, true. You you really you really don't have to like keep your keep your spirits up. I uh, another thing that uh, this this has nothing to do specifically <laughs> with Google, but so trying, yeah. the the arc the arc browser, which is a really interesting new idea for how a web browser should work. That's actually more. It, it's a web browser, but it acts a little bit more like a front end to like the web apps that you use and the content that mm. you're using. And I've been a big fan of it. I've had it on my on my system for, for on my Mac for a long time. But they added a bunch of uh, like generative AI tools that kind of make me feel a little bit like uh, disrespected. So one of these tools, which is, uh, I, I suppose, in, on an intellectual basis, is kind of smart. If you so you're looking at so if I've written like a 1200 word in depth review slash article about something, uh, if you just pinch the screen on, with a pinch gesture, uh, and the uh, in the Arc browser, it will turn that into a summary. So if you don't want to read wow. like the, the the this thing that I spent like weeks developing to make sure I put across a, a good story, a good point of view, build an argument that no, I just want like the actual like bullet text points out of it. It's like, thank you. That's that's that so, seems disrespectful. And they're and arc they have this and they have this wait wait for this. They've got a search engine that kind of does the same thing for search. Like when uh, the generative search experience on Google, when you do when you do an AI based search, it will kind of if you ask it a direct question like like what was what was the first band that Annie Lennox was in, it will give you the direct answer to that. But in and a couple sentences of generative AI to give you the answer, but it will underneath that say, well, here's a Wikipedia article. Here is a Britannic article. Here's here is where we got that from. If you want anything other than a simple atom of information, uh, then please go to here, encouraging you to go to other sites. The ARC search tool, however, essentially will write you an article, uh, 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 write you an article based on the search results it found. And the actual links to the original source material are kind of there as footnotes, not as the main course. And I'm like, this can't, you, it feels as though Arc Browser has an opportunity to have this feature intact until they get a certain level of success. And then at some point somebody sues them. Because this isn't this isn't just like hey I've put this on the web I've allowed robots.txt to index this so it can be found via search. It this is hi I'm going to write a brand new article based on your published work and these other two pieces of published work and kind of disincentive disincentive the re the reader to actually like go to your actual original work because hey we just gave you like a full like eight paragraph article about this. Oi. No, I mean. 
that's a very, very valid point, Andy. Those are all incredibly valid points. I just want to add one little note, though, in terms of just using AI for something like this. I would actually like for it to maybe summarize things for me sometimes because yeah. I want to know that what I'm about to read is going to be worth my time. <laughs> Because you know, but but maybe that's that's the way capitalism trained me, which is <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. And and to be fair, that's like not the point of reading. <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair, like I've always thought that the, the most valuable thing that uh, that uh, large language models can do is take a huge pile of information and summarize it down. Whether it's hey, I've got a thousand unread messages in my inbox, or here is a transcript of, uh, uh, of an hour and a half long meeting. Uh, just tell me what happened during the meeting. And like, if I've got any new deadlines from this, I got, I just downloaded a 600 page like court filing and used generative AI to just please give me like at least yeah, a, a, yeah. a map of like what's in here so I can, so I know what to look at. Oh, I wish I had that in college. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I'm 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 more offended by the arc search feature, but it's I don't like the idea. I I'm perfectly fine with somebody if they if they decide that they want to cut, copy, and paste what I say into Gemini and have it summarize it. Okay, I mean this is why I publish it. You can use do it whatever you want. When that turns into a feature where it becomes well, why would I read something that's more than like a tweet long? It's like, uh, why am I in this business? Like, oh, right, because I get joy from it. Uh, such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> People, please buy our wares. Yeah, again, relay.fm <laughs> slash material. <laughs> Sign up for a membership. Uh, we have fun after after hours. Uh, and so we can get to our bonus recording. We should probably wrap up this episode also so that Flo can get to bed and get ready to lose some time zones uh, tomorrow morning when she travels. Uh I've already told people about that. That uh, your cool preview of the OnePlus uh, on the uh, OnePlus Watch on Gizmodo. Anything else that people should be paying attention to? Just my usual stuff at gizmodo.com. And don't forget to go to florenceion.com if you'd like to come join our Discord community. There's a link over there. Hooray. Uh, I'm going to be on Boston NPR, WGBH, actually tomorrow. So by the time you get this, you should be able to go to WGBHnews.org and listen to the 20 to 30 minutes of high-tech tap dancing rodeos and hody hoes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and if you can spell my last name, you can, spell, you can get, go to Anatko on most social media and see pictures and basic things that I posted onto threads and elsewhere instead of like actually copy editing something that I was supposed to be writing. Uh, so I guess that's going to be it for this week. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to us this time. We hope you're going to be with us again next time. Until then, we hope you're going to have a happy, safe, and healthy seven days. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. 